The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. This is Rainmaker FM, the digital marketing podcast network. It's built on the Rainmaker platform, which empowers you to build your own digital marketing and sales platform. Start your free 14-day trial at rainmakerplatform.com. These are the Writer Files, a tour of the habits, habitats, and brains of working writers. From online content creators to fictionists, journalists, entrepreneurs, and beyond. I'm your host, Cal Reed, writer, podcaster, and mediophile. And each week, we'll discover how great writers keep the ink flowing, the cursor moving, and avoid writer's block. This week's guest, prolific multi-brand entrepreneur Joanna Penn, has turned her passion for writing into a successful career as both an educator and best-selling indie author. As her dark alter ego, J.F. Penn, she's notched chart toppers on both the New York Times and USA Today bestsellers lists. And as a nonfiction writer, professional speaker, podcaster, and entrepreneur, she's been voted one of the Guardian UK's top 100 creative professionals. Her site, thecreativepen.com, offers both publishing and marketing resources and is a regularly voted top 10 website for writers. Join us for this two-part interview. And if you missed the first half, you can find it on writerfile.fm and in the show notes. In part two of the file, Joanna Penn and I discuss why it's still hard to write a book in the future, how getting lost can inspire your writing, why the destination and reward of writing is the journey, and how trusting your creative curiosity can reap rewards. Well, let's talk about creativity. And I know you've got a lot of amazing advice to offer writers about creativity, but how do you define creativity in your own words? Well, I think uh, for me, it's about turning ideas into something concrete. So whether that's a book or a painting or a piece of code, I think coding is incredibly creative well, coding when it actually has a, a, a final output. So I think ideas are, are nothing. You know, those of us who work in this creative space, we totally understand that ideas are not the point. The point is the execution. So to me, the creativity is actually the execution and turning those ideas into something because, you know, everyone can write a great book in their head. <laughs> What's difficult is actually putting <laughs> the words onto the page and shaping it into a book. Um, and y- even as someone who's read thousands and thousands and thousands 
thousands of books over you know my life so far it's still really hard to write a book <laughs> um but i think that you know that that's creativity is actually yeah making something new in the world it is still hard to write a book after all <laughs> these years it's amazing <laughs> so when do you personally feel the most creative uh well apart from the mornings on a kind of general sense um it's really after i've uh, filled my well up I suppose and um, and for me I get my inspiration from places so uh, you know as a travel junkie um, so as I mentioned that Risen Gods is based on seven years the seven years I lived in New Zealand um, and uh, so we went on a, a trip to Barcelona my husband and I and went to the Sagrada Familia which is this amazing probably one of the best uh, cathedrals in the world oh, yeah. and uh, yeah it's amazing right it's like jaw dropping it's seriously amazing place and so I was like I've got to write a scene here so the opening scene in of my book gates of hell is set at the sagrada familia so and i got the idea from the book while i was there at the at the sagrada familia so for me it's all about where i go in the world and what i see um so the next the next book um destroyer of worlds is based on the shiva nataraja um you know the the, the god who begins and ends everything mm. and um based on a statue that i saw when we cycled through southern india a couple of years ago so so some of these things uh take years of of uh, composting as such but that's where my ideas come from it is traveling so i don't write while i'm traveling it's like the things come up later in the books yeah. um so i'm planning a trip to japan at the moment um because it's a place that's just kind of weird and has a load of crazy stuff and <laughs> i know that I'll put all this stuff in my head and it will come out at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I think of those scenes from, uh, lost in translation when I think yeah. of Japan and I have friends who like to go to, uh, Japan just to have that feeling of being completely, um, on another planet. Yeah, I, I think it's so important in the world to go somewhere where you feel quite useless, like you can't even get food or go to the toilet, you know, if you go out <laughs> rural places. Like I, I felt a bit like that in some of rural India. Um, you know, this is, it's, this is a country, you know, like India and Japan that have amazing technology, amazing loads of stuff happening, but then you can go places and just feel completely helpless. So I love that. I think that Put, that puts you into a much more receptive place where you notice things that you would take for granted if you were back home. Yeah. So it sounds like traveling is kind of your muse. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I can't, I can't get enough of it really. My, my husband calls it itchy foot syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, when I need to move, uh, I really need to move. So, um, I've, I've lived all over the place. I think it's cause my, my mum took us to Africa when I was eight. So I went to school in Malawi and, uh, I think that started me and my brother off on a bit of a, you know, a travel lifetime. <laughs> nice. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. 
Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books, and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. So what do you think makes a writer truly great? I think that's a really tough question. Um, And I I have a couple of answers. The first one being that I don't think it's up to other writers uh, or critics. I think it's up to the reader. I think this is a big uh, issue with the self-publishing kind of area. Like I call myself an indie author, independent author, because I I have like 11 people who work with me on my books. Um, But in terms of, you know, a lot of people would say (laughs) 60 million people think that Fifty Shades of Grey was a great book, um, you know, and, uh, you know, a Pulitzer Prize winning book may be called great by the critics, but very, very few people will read that book. So I think the kind of determination of great writing is, is difficult, but in terms of a great writer, I would suggest that people look at um, the book Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield. And Stephen Pressfield is kind of my one of my gurus. Um, <laughs> he's a, a, he hate being called a guru, but he's an amazing guy. And he wrote The War of Art. Um, yeah. But Turning Pro is a seriously hardcore book. And I read it. I read it every new year. And uh, he contrasts the amateur with the professional. And uh, what he says is the amateur craves third party validation, whereas the professional is rewarded by the work itself. So for me, that kind of what makes a writer great or what I'm aiming at, like in terms of I will obviously want to better my craft and always become a better writer. But I think I'll personally, I'll feel like a great writer if I can actually measure my life by my body of work and not have to take third party validation. And that is super, super hard to do. So maybe I'll let you know when I actually <laughs> make that. But um, I read that book every year and um, because it really challenges me. I think most of us want third party validation. Like we want someone to tell us we're great. Yeah. But actually the reward is the work. You know, the reward is the life of creation. It's not anything you get or anything anyone tells you. Absolutely. I have uh, Stephen Pressfield sitting right here, so I will link to that in the show notes also. I, I do. There we go. I think we we all influenced by similar people. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, do you have a, a few favorite authors right now? I mean, in terms of uh, fiction, I'm always a Stephen King fan. Uh, the Stand would be my favorite book. Um, John Connolly, if people like supernatural thrillers, 
uh, James Rollins for action adventure. And then for nonfiction, uh, obviously Seth Godin, you know, read everything Seth Godin does. <laughs> I'm reading um, Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic right now, which yeah. is excellent book on creativity. Absolutely. And the other books, Peter Diamandis, his Bold and Abundance, are, you know, very much um, affecting my mindset around the future. At the moment, I'm a not-so-closet futurist <laughs> to be honest <laughs> and actually on that if people like um techno thriller i just read an awesome trilogy um by uh, ramez naam who speaks at singularity university and the first one in that series is called nexus and it's very much based on that kind of uh, the future that diamandis and uh, the singularity stuff is all about but hmm. i i read so much but those are just some of the things that i guess are you know, affecting me right now. I, I do try and put everything on Goodreads as well. Now I try and like log my writing, my the books that I read on Goodreads. Oh, great. Well, that's a fun way to connect with writers and readers also. Yeah. Can you share a best love quote? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about this and um, I, I've the, another thing on my wall. I have a lot of stuff on my wall. This one is Trust Emergence. And I really don't know who it's from. Like, I just Googled it and I couldn't find it. So I don't know if um, I just made it up. But um, it's something that's really important to me because I think everyone knows the feeling. After you finish a book or a project, you, you feel like you'll never, ever write again. You're like, I've used everything up. There is nothing left of me. And it's a very scary moment when you make your living with writing to suddenly feel empty. And that's when the trust emergence thing thing comes in for me. It's like something will emerge from my brain. <laughs> I just have to sit down. And, you know, Stephen King says, you you know, get your butt in the chair, something like paraphrasing Stephen King says, sure. um, you know, sit down and the muse will eventually show up, but you can't guarantee it. So sit down, do the work and something will emerge on the page. And I think that's the, the kind of addictive side of writing fiction in particular for me is sometimes you read back what you've just written and just go, oh my goodness, where did that come from? Um, that's pretty awesome. And that to me is that emergence of the subconscious or creative spirit, whatever you want to believe that is the muse. And uh, that comes out on the page and and it just comes from somewhere. So trusting in that process, I think, is really important. So let's do a couple fun ones. I'm sure I know the answer to this, but uh, paper or ebook? Ebook, absolutely. <laughs> I can't even read paper anymore. Like, really, it's. I, I look at. I just. We're moving house soon, and I just picked up a few paper books and went. I. I I'm just not going to read this. I just like to read on my Kindle. And you know, you try and highlight on a book by sticking your finger on it and dragging <laughs> it, and just like this doesn't highlight. <laughs> yeah, ebook. <laughs> Do you have a favorite literary character? Um, I should probably say something really sensible, but. I'm going to go with James Bond <laughs> because, <laughs> because I really love, I mean, talk about fun. I mean, I did used to take myself very seriously. You know, I went to Oxford and my mum was an English teacher and uh, I thought I had to write like um, Booker Prize winning literary fiction. But actually, I, I like action adventure and fight scenes and blowing things up and demons. So James Bond, you know, and my Arcane series, um, Arcane Thrillers, uh, my main character, Morgan Sierra, who's a girl, <laughs> she... Uh, 
uh, she's kind of based on that sort of action hero and kicks ass all over the world and uh, occasionally has casual sex and uh, and good triumphs in the end. So yeah, I, I love James Bond and very much looking forward to Spectre. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, me too. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, so if you could choose one author from any era for an all expense paid dinner to your favorite spot in the world, who would you take and where would you go? And caveat, you can pick more than one author. Uh, but I, I couldn't because of course, introverts much prefer one-on-one <laughs> than a group <laughs> chat. So I would, I would have to take Stephen King him, uh, since he's, you know, he, he's definitely, he's just up there as somebody I really admire as a, a, a writer and also in the way that he's just committed to his fans and has turned his, you know, kind of said, Yabu sucks, all you critics. <laughs> I'm doing fine. <laughs> thanks very much. <laughs> um, so it would be Stephen King. And um, I've got a really uh, a favorite restaurant in London called Noppy, uh, which is by a chef called Otter Lenghi. And uh, they do amazing cocktails there. So um, I would be having cocktails with Stephen King. <laughs> He's a good talker, I hear. <laughs> well, that would just be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any writer's uh, fetishes at all? It sounds like you have a lot of stuff on your wall. Yeah, I do. I, I do have a lot of stuff on my wall and, and my sticker chart, obviously. Also, I ha- my journals are all moleskin um moleskin with a e on the end um because of bruce chatwin i don't know if you know bruce chatwin he wrote the song lines he died very young uh but he wrote just he wrote in moleskin journals so uh because i i went to australia because i read the song lines and i was just obsessed with bruce chatwin when i was a younger woman and so i write in these in these moleskin journals when i journal very nice so can you offer any advice to fellow writers on how to keep the ink flowing and the cursor moving? Uh, I think the most important thing is to follow your curiosity. And uh, fear of judgment was a really big thing for me for ages, like for years. And, and it still is in a way. But in the end, I gave up fear of judgment to write. Um, my book, Desecration, really kind of changed things for me because I just decided to write what I really wanted to. And I previously had thought that my curiosity made me weird. <laughs> and that, you know, when I like, I like hanging around in graveyards. I'm a taffophile. There is actually a word. <laughs> for us, um, graveyard tourists, people who like taking pictures of graveyards. And whenever I talk about this, I get, you know, in a room of 20, I'll probably get five people who will say, yes, I know exactly what you mean. And they're my peeps, you know, they're the Stephen King fans as well. And for me, that emotional pull to things that you know you love, even though other people might, you know, your family and friends might think you're weird, there will be other people in the world 
who love what you do too. (laughs) So like that keeping the ink flowing, it's got to be stuff that you love, that you really enjoy and that you're curious about. So um, desecration started because I went to the Hunterian Museum in London, which is like body parts in jars (laughs) (laughs) and it's quite disturbing. And I felt like a visceral reaction in my stomach at at these body parts and, you know, babies in jars and things. And that's where (laughs) I set the, (laughs) that's where I set the opening murder scene actually in that museum because I was so affected by it I thought others will be affected by this too and although it's very dark I was ready to give up on fear of judgment so and that book made such a difference to my writing and I think that's how you find your voice you can only find your writing voice when you know what you love because that communicates to your readers and I mean I hope you know people can hear me and I'm a nice girl but I'm interested in all these dark things you know and now I'm at peace with that and sharing it means I meet other people um, who like the same things as I do you know like tattoos and and skulls and things (laughs) (laughs) so that's cool so yeah follow your curiosity very nice very nice so where can fellow scribes connect with you out there so thecreativepen.com for uh, nonfiction. And if you want to write and self-publish, um, and that's pen with a double N, and jfpen.com for my fiction. And I'm on Twitter at thecreativepen and uh, hang around a lot on Twitter. <laughs> Very nice. And, and you know, uh, I will encourage writers to seek out both your nonfiction and fiction. You offer a lot of, a lot of great advice on writing, publishing, marketing, being an indie author, podcaster, blogger, um, and all of that good creative juice that you put out there. So thank you for your work and uh, have uh, great international travels. Good luck to you. Thanks so much, Kelton. And get, get some rest. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Thanks for joining me for the second half of this tour through the writer's process. If you enjoy the Writer Files podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers find us. For more episodes or to leave us a comment or a question, just drop by writerfiles.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.